So hello, welcome back to a new Traders Improve podcast. We are today here with Michael Lamoti. Hello, Michael. Thank you for taking the time. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks so much for having me. And Moritz is here as well. Hey, Moritz. Hi, how's it going? So Michael is from uh, Mara and Mara Wealth, and I've been following Michael for a long time. I did a, uh, an interview, a podcast on his channel a, lo a few months ago. So I'm really happy to now be able to pick your brain and be on the other side. So maybe you can give our audience a little bit of an intro, some background information about you and how you got into trading and to where you are today. So they have a rough idea. Yeah, uh, absolutely. So my trading journey began uh, a little over 20 years ago, and it uh, wasn't a lot like how, but like, like I didn't start out like going into trading full time or, or anything like that. Uh, like my, my idea back then was uh, I had a little bit of savings. I went to my local savings bank because I thought that that's where you, you started to learn and place trades, right? So I, so I take my, my savings. I think I had about 5,000 saved up at the time. And I walk into the bank and I'm uh, like, hey, uh, I want to buy some stocks. And they're like, oh, no, 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 you, you don't want to do that. Uh, that, that's way too risky. What you want is this. And the, they pull out some prospectuses for some mutual funds. And this is going back to uh, 1998 uh, when, you know, like uh, we're in the middle of the, the tech boom and everything. And so I'm like, all right, well, uh, I start looking through them. The manager comes by after about uh, five, 10 minutes. And he's like, Hey man, well, well, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm reading this. It's like, but well, nobody reads those. <laughs> and I'm like, Oh, okay. <laughs> and uh, I flipped through a little bit more. I'm like, all right, I'll, I'll take these three. And it ends up being two stock funds uh, and a bond fund. And I'm like, all right, well, uh, I'm being smart. I'm being diversified. I've got professionals managing my money for me. And I wasn't planning to, to touch it for a little while. Uh, and so within the, the first six months or so, uh, I go and I check the, the account and it, the account is up like 10%. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm a freaking genius for, for doing this. And, and not even having any idea about the NASDAQ or anything that, that's going on in the market at all, really just put money in, wait X amount of time, more money magically pops up the other end. That, that's my idea of investing. <laughs> and so I, uh, you know, I, I'm in school and things start to get busy and I, uh, I forget about my, my investment because I'm diversified. I've got professionals managing it for me. Well, you know, it's in safe hands. So I graduate. Uh, and it's 2002 and I'm thinking, man, I'm going to go cash this out, get myself a, a nice car or at least a deposit for a nice car. And uh, I didn't have like the, the 15 or, or 20,000 that, that I thought that I would have had. Uh, I didn't have, uh, I didn't even have the 5,000 that I started with. It was down to 4,000. And I'm like, well, what in the hell happened? Well, like <laughs> I had time on my side. I had professionals managing it for me. And I was widely diversified in these things. Like I took my money out. I went home and I cried. And uh, I <laughs> didn't come back to, to the markets. Like there was some space between that event and then finally getting back into it. But trading was one of those things that just kept on coming back to me, kept on coming back to me. And it wasn't until really about 10, 11 years ago that one of my coworkers handed me uh, a couple of 
trading books. He's uh, like, you're a middle manager now, like you're making some decent money. To, like I was working in healthcare at the time. He's uh, like, hey, you should really learn how to trade and invest it and do this stuff right. And so one of the books that he hands me, uh, he handed me um, Martin Zweig's book. Uh, I forget the, the the title of it, um, but fantastic book. And another book that was highly in line with what Zweig was talking about, which was William O'Neill's book, How to Make Money in Stocks. And that one really resonated with me. And then I went down that rabbit hole of, uh, you know, like learning about the the stocks that have historically made 500, 1000% or more in a very short period of time, and that they all had these common characteristics uh, among themselves. And you know, I, I wasn't an instant success in uh, following O'Neill's system either. Uh, like that, I struggled a lot with that, and I had no idea about uh, this broader topic of uh, beliefs. Right? Uh, like we we have beliefs about everything, trading and money uh, among them. And so I thought back then that you know I would just follow exactly what O'Neill had written in his book, uh, and follow it like like a cookbook. Right, like okay, here's the recipe. I'll get in over here. I'll take my profits and I'll cut my loss, whatever. And not realizing that I came in with with this idea of or uh, these other money beliefs that were underlying that I you know, wasn't aware of from early childhood about um, uh, like money. It doesn't grow on trees. Money's hard to come by. Things like that. And for those reasons, I was I had difficulty following O'Neill's system because mm-hmm. O'Neill was one where he would uh, hit these home runs where he would buy in the base, uh, like uh, see it run up, but also be able to have the sitting power to let uh, a stock come in 15, 20% or so, consolidate and then uh, continue its move. Whenever like I would be able to buy a stock, see it run up, but when it would come back in, I would start to make mistakes. So I started to learn more from O'Neill than learning more from other books that I would read, like Nick Darvis, uh, like, um, like Mark Minovini's books. And then uh, the thing that really helped me uh, turn the corner was, or, or begin to turn the corner, was uh, the New York City Investors Business Daily Meetup Group, a fantastic group. And uh, IBD had these meetups all across the US and I think that they had some internationally as well and getting other people around me that were doing similar things. I started to see like, oh, this guy trades the same system but in a slightly different way. And so does that guy and so does that guy. And then after a year of going to that and being around these people, I finally started to gain consistency, brought my uh, what I was doing to the people running the group and they wanted to take some of what I was doing and incorporate it into what they were doing. <laughs> and that, like, uh, like, I was just so surprised when they told me that um, because, you know, I was still very new at the time. And like, well, why would you want to do what I'm doing? You guys have uh, so much more experience. Uh, the reason why was because I took what they were doing. They were already full time. I was not. And I needed, uh, I ended up uh, making it more efficient because I still had my day job at the time. Mm-hmm. And that kind of leads me to where I'm at now because there were so many, uh, like I figured there's so many people that are in a similar boat that want to do trading, that want to make it full time, but um, they don't know how or they don't know the, the, 
the process involved. And having gone through uh, that myself, I want to help uh, speed up other people's learning curves and with all the other things uh, involved too, right? Like, uh, like journaling and reviewing it. And like, you know, that, that's why, uh, like, well, when I, when I first uh, learned about you guys and like, well, what you were doing and then seeing the, this tool, Edgewonk, well, like, it, it's like, it, not only uh, like, is it so customizable, uh, like it, it it actually has a, like a gorgeous user interface and like everything else uh, on <laughs> the market. Just, uh, like, like even the ones that, that are decent, like the, the UIs are just like uh, atrocious. Um, <laughs> and so the, that was something that, that helped encourage me to do more journaling and uh, yeah, I right. love it. Right. Yeah, thanks. And you touched on so many things that I want to dig in deeper later on. But let's start um, with something. What is... What was the biggest struggle in your trading when you come up? And what is some practical things that you implemented that help you over, overcome those struggles? Is that something that, that stands the, out? Uh, yeah, I think that the, the biggest struggle uh, came down to the, the money beliefs. Mm -hmm. um, and the reason why, uh, well, when I grew up, uh, like, uh, like I grew up in poverty uh, for most of my childhood, uh, like a uh, at six years old, uh, like, where actually, um, before that, um, my parents divorced uh, at a, at an early age. Uh, I think they divorced when I was like either four or five. Uh, then I started living well with my mom, my stepfather. And, uh, I guess he, he had lost his job and, uh, my mom wasn't working. We, we were evicted from that home by six uh, and we were homeless and I was homeless for, for about a month. And all the while, um, uh, just had uh, like they would talk badly about money that people needed to lie, cheat, or steal to to come across money, and that people that had money were, were bad people. Um, then, uh, you know, I was living in that kind of environment uh, for about a month, being homeless, and then uh, eventually, my uh, my mom was like, "You know what? You don't need to live like this. Uh, I'm going to go send you to to live with your dad." Right. And uh, that wasn't easy in itself because she had said a lot of disparaging things about uh, about him. Um, so when I okay. finally went to go live with him, too, uh, he had a lot of uh, negative beliefs about money as well, or, or not as much as well what. Uh, my mom did, but things out like you have to work hard uh, for money. Money doesn't come easily. Money doesn't grow on trees. Uh, like uh, money was just like uh, money being scarce was a general thing uh, for most of my childhood. And so um, later on, when I finally went to to learning about trading, uh, and my, my dad uh, wasn't fond of me trading either. A lot like uh, trading is gambling, and. Uh, you know, he had tried uh, investing uh, in, uh, I think it was Disney at one point and uh, like it had started to, to move up and then it, it came back down. He started losing money. He freaked out and he sold everything. And, uh, you know, that, that was the end of his trading. So like he was trying to beat that uh, into me, you know, like parents are protective that they see something they wanted to help their, their kid. Uh, so until I went through my own beliefs, uh, all this stuff was just playing in the background and I had 
no idea. And so I, that's why we just keep on making the same kind of mistakes again and again and again. Well, I understand O'Neill's system. I understand like Darvis's perspective. I understand like all, all these other things. Why do I keep on making the same kind of mistakes again? Why do I, well, when I see a, my, uh, I, when I start to see my, my trade work and it starts to make a little bit of profit, why do I have this urge to immediately pull it off? Right? Like, why am I so afraid when uh, something starts to move against me? And, and going back and starting to observe my uh, beliefs about money, um, I realized that I had a lot of limiting beliefs about money and I needed to uh, begin to let them go and, and take some of the energy out of them, similar to how uh, uh, Douglas describes in his book, uh, Trading in the Zone, um, similar to how uh, Van Tharp uh, discusses in, uh, in Super Trader. The, like the, those are my two favorite psychology books back then. And then uh, later on too, and uh, like uh, self-development, self-improvement has been something that like I've been building on for the past uh, several years. I started going to a lot like uh, Tony Robbins events. I started going to, uh, or like uh, diving deeper into uh, Brennan Bouchard. You actually uh, turned me on, uh, Rolf, to uh, Robin Sharma's uh, Monk Who Sold His Ferrari, the fantastic book. I, I love that. I'm actually going through that one again. I started uh, listening to it uh, during uh, my run this morning again um yeah and, it's, a fantastic and just, uh, like, it's what got started me on this whole process because it's very easy to to get the message it's very accessible for everybody so it's a it's a good book for everybody who's interested in this mindset stuff but doesn't want to go too deep in the beginning yeah mm -hmm. right. yeah well, how do you like your work these days is it mostly about trading or about self-development what uh, would you say Uh, I think uh, it's about both. It's about, mm -hmm. it's starting to bridge the, the gap. So like, well, what I do uh, with, uh, uh, like I have uh, a few different uh, services that, that I provide. Uh, like, uh, so uh, one of them, the, the main one uh, through Mara, uh, I'm sharing uh, my whole process, right? Uh, like uh, analyzing markets and uh, developing trades and trading plans, but not just saying that, you know, like, oh, like buy this stock. Uh, like, no, that, that's not uh, helping. Uh, uh, like, I guess that's helping some people, but uh, like what my, what my aim is, is to um, provide like, well, here's how I do what I do and here's why I do what I do and, and why I think what I think. And I meet with uh, everybody. I meet with them once a week. And we have an open forum like this on Zoom, where as we're going through things, people could ask questions on the fly. So that way we're having a, a deeper understanding of, uh, you know, why I think what I think. And I'm, and I'm learning from them often just as much as they're learning from me. Like it's a, a really great collaboration in that way. And then we have uh, other clients that, that I coach one-on-one -on -one and uh, with them, Uh, where you often go deeper into the mindset parts of the uh, beliefs uh, exercises. Actually, I actually have a, a workbook uh, that's coming out. I'm planning to release it on my birthday uh, <laughs> in November. When is that? Um, November? Okay. Yeah, yeah, November 4, <laughs> well, the planned release date uh, that walks through the uh, this all these exercises well, with uh, identifying um, trading beliefs and money beliefs, going through a lot of, like uh, 
figuring out what your uh, your goal is and why this goal is important to you, and then uh, making sure that your uh, beliefs align with your goals and begin to bridge that gap so uh, you're able to run down the path versus like, you know, like falling into a puddle, <laughs> well, which was my, my experience. That sounds really interesting. Uh, definitely count me in for your workbook. Um, mm -hmm, I love this topic about beliefs and values and because it's something that many traders overlook, they just look at what trading is on the surface. But when you think about long-term success and self-sabotage, those, those beliefs are really at the core. Um, besides money beliefs, is there anything else that really stands out about beliefs? Money beliefs are usually the ones like you have to work hard for your trading, uh, for your money. It doesn't come easy. And then when you, when you sit in front of your computer and all you have to do is click a mouse, it's obviously mm. so stark contrast to the, the belief that you have that it's just, it's very hard to combine those two. Uh, well, sure. Like there, there's all kinds of limiting beliefs, right? Like uh, the, there's ones that are like, oh, well, well, look at this guy uh, on Twitter or Instagram. Uh, like uh, this guy, uh, like he comes across uh, as, a, as an idiot. Like surely uh, like having advanced degrees and being successful in business, uh, like, like if this kid could do it, like surely I could do it. Right? <laughs> uh, like, like things like that. And then like going back through and dissecting, well, why, well, why is that the belief in uh, like, why, why are those feelings even there? Uh, you know, uh, and uh, like, it's those are, are uh, like, those are a few common things that, that popped up for me ages ago and things that, that like I, I'm seeing more commonly uh, now that people are reaching out to me uh, on, uh, on Instagram, like in the Instagram DMs, uh, like I'll hear things like that. And it, it, it's uh, like the, the process of figuring out you know, why we feel a certain way or why we think a certain way uh, is interesting. Right. Um, and, and not only that, but to then uh, understand that, like, well, is this pattern of thought getting us to where we want to go? And, and um, uh, Robin Sharma talks about this, Brennan Bouchard, uh, uh, Tony Robbins, uh, like the, Thoughts are uh, like, it's just patterns of habit, right? Yeah. So well, we can, uh, if we change the, the habit, uh, we could get better results. Um, and so that, that's uh, another thing that, that I started to, to figure out too. And that, like, I'm getting like little bits and pieces from like all over. And I actually came up with, with this thing over here that uh, I happen to have uh, my binder here, uh, this uh, 66 day challenge, right? So, uh, the way that I'm thinking about it is to achieve trading mastery. Like I think that uh, there's eight core skills, like maybe, maybe there's more, maybe like other ones can fit into these eight. But I, uh, part of what, what I'm thinking is that, well, if we can uh, build, uh, build strength in these eight core uh, skills, uh, then we can develop a habit in it and uh, achieve mastery that, that much faster. 
Okay, um, now that you said that, that you talked about eight core strengths, you have to name them, I guess. Yeah, that's what uh, I, I wanted to ask it so bad <laughs> too. What are yeah, them? yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And uh, and this is brand new too, so uh, I'm sure I'd love to get you guys' feedback, see what, okay. what else uh, we could add to this or, or maybe it might be a part of. But I, uh, so understanding setups, uh, like I think it is important and like that, that's the first thing that like, most people like think of trading like, oh, it's setups and that's it. Yeah, um, but it's far more than that, of course. Uh, position sizing, trade management, mm -hmm. portfolio management, um, backtesting, journaling, reviewing, and mindset uh, mm -hmm. are the eight that I came up with. Right. Okay, mindset is a huge one. <laughs> uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> and uh, it's Definitely not in order of importance, but um, but yeah, like uh, to me, like uh, trading is a hundred percent mindset. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just today, uh, someone reached out to us um, and said he's doing something where um, he's giving himself. Um, remember, Moritz, the guy that sent us the message, yep. where he's trying to implement the the habits, and every day he can has a he gives himself like. Can you maybe repeat it? You know what I mean. Uh, yeah, he basically what he's doing is he has a, a mental trading account, something like that. And then he gives himself points uh, where if he does his routine correctly and his uh, analysis and everything and sticks to his daily process, then he will in the end get 100 points. And then he wants to see whether sticking to his process actually has a correlation with his results in the end, which of, of course it will have because consistency leads to consistent results. But it's always mm -hmm. great to see that. Black on white, that's why we also have the Tilk meter and Edge Wong, for example. He's doing it just on a much deeper level. Right? Mm. Yeah, that's great. Uh, I love it. And he's doing it, uh, you said that he's tracking himself mentally, or is, there, is he like, does he have like some kind of a sheet or something? That yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a huge Excel, like a daily report card, as uh, recommended to him uh, by Mac Bellafiori. He said it in a podcast uh, somewhere. Oh, man, that's and, uh, great. Yeah, There's a daily report card, like how, how did I do today? How did I stick to my process? All that important stuff. Uh, did I do oh, okay. my meditation and so on? Right. So um, he has yeah. like 10 topics and for each one, you yeah. get like 10 bucks. And at the end of the day, you will see, did you get 100 or did you get 90? Uh, it's, a, it's a cool way, I think. What do you think is the, um, the most important skill or trait a developer has to have? Is there something like one that stands out? I think that they're all important. I think that if you're lacking, it, it, like I think of it kind of like a, a wheel, right? Mm -hmm. Like if you have a, like you, your wheel should be round. If you're deficient in one area, you're going to like have this car that's just kind of like, you know, <laughs> clunking along. So <laughs> it, it, uh, like, so they're, they're all important, but um, right. <laughs> but yeah, I, think, uh, like, I, mean, uh, I mean, mindset is the one thing that holds everything together, right? So maybe you could uh, think sure. as, as because we, we could only the, act on our beliefs. Yeah, exactly. Yes. So whether you're gonna do your back testing or stick to the process or you um, take trades that only uh, according to your rules or not, all of that is mindset. So that's the one that holds everything together. I think. Right. Mm -hmm. right. Let's shift gears. I follow you on Instagram a lot, and mm -hmm. um, I'm always very inspired. Sometimes. Well, sometimes when you, I see that you've been running and you've been putting in the work, I said, oh, no, yeah. I need to do this again. Uh, and he's so far ahead. <laughs> I'm actually uh, running a marathon in uh, yeah, no, a month and a half. So bad. Yeah, yeah, first one? Or... 
Uh, oh no, it, it's my third one, and third. Uh, like I, I'm it, normally I would prepare uh, like six months or, or more, and this is one that that just came up. Uh, like uh, one of our neighbors uh, was like, "Oh, we're going to do the the virtual marathon," and uh, they would talk to my wife, and she's like, "Oh, uh, like uh, you should do that. Like you could still get it in before, uh, uh, like while you're still forty. And uh, I'm uh, like. <sighs> <laughs> <I'm not challenged. laughs> so so yeah here i am uh, like uh training for this thing i think that uh that uh tomorrow no well what's today today is 17th uh, yeah so uh, on on saturday i'm planning to to do 12 miles and i'm just like building up uh, two miles more each week and then before the marathon and then uh, like when we do it like tacking on an extra six miles is no problem all right yeah what is what i was getting at is uh do you have like a specific like pre-trading routine something that you that you follow every day some non-negotiables i'm always very interested in the in the practicals and how other traders approach their days yeah so my, my trading prep starts on the weekend so every weekend uh i'll go through and uh i'll assess the the market's direction uh and the way that i do that i look at the the major indexes, uh, I'm trading stocks. And so I'll look at uh, the S&P 500, the NASDAQ, the Russell 2000, the New York Stock Exchange and the Dow uh, across time frames. So I'll look at monthly timeframes, weekly timeframes and daily timeframes and see, uh, are they moving up, down or sideways? And to me, it's like looking at uh, the forest, right? Uh, like, so it, you can see like how seasons are changing by a high level right? Like are all the leaves off of the trees? Well, if that's your assessment, then you'll kind of be late to the party if you're only looking at one. If you're only looking at a tree, then, uh, and all the leaves are off, maybe it's a dead tree, right? And like the rest of the forest is green around you. If you're just looking at a leaf, like the first sign of change, right? Like that's not good enough either. So uh, have that entire picture and looking at different uh, indexes is kind of uh, like looking at different regions, right? Uh, like because uh, maybe one region is in winter, another region is still kind of in summer or autumn. And, and like, so it, it's kind of like that. Um, but it, it, the way that, that I'm also assessing too is by looking at the number of stocks making new highs versus new lows. To me, it just makes sense that if the index is going to continue to move higher then the stocks within it need to be making fresh highs. Same thing uh, on the way down and it, it tends to act as a leading indicator. And the last thing that I'm looking at are the stocks within my own universe list to see are they setting up or not. And uh, I find the universe list to be uh, very important. And the reason why is not, not only because it, it helps me focus not on 10,000 stocks, but on about 150. But um, if I'm only looking at, at this set group and it's a set criteria to get into the this group, then if they're setting up, then that means that it's time for me to take action. If they're not, then it's time for me to, to sit and wait. And uh, I don't get caught in the shiny object uh, mode, like, oh, well, um, Boeing is starting to, to take off. Well, Boeing's not in my universe list, then I'm glad for the people that are trading it, but it's not for me. Uh, so it, it helps stay uh, more uh, regimented. So 
So I do that, that kind of prep and that, that happens uh, on the weekends and I'll find all my swing trades uh, in that way and I'll prepare, uh, okay, like the, here's the setups, here's uh, how I'm ranking these stocks and uh, actually you know, started working with a couple of software engineers to come up with this, uh, uh, this tool that uh, called the trade evaluator. Um, loose name might come up with something cooler sounding than, than that. But uh, what I uh, did was uh, I'm, I wrote out like, well, what are the different things that I look for a, in, a, in a stock, right? And there's a, it breaks down into uh, five core things. Um, and it, it actually comes out to an acronym called EAGLE. So the, the extraordinary earning sales and or projections, uh, A is for aim. I want to aim for high probability, high reward to low risk setups. The G is for growth, for game changers, uh, like something uh, uh, like it needs to be to fit in with the, the current theme of the day and also have uh, increasing fund ownership, things like that. L is for leadership. I want it to be a leader in the market, a leader within its own industry groups. And then the last E is for environment. I want it to be trading with the overall environment of the market. And so I uh, went through all of that and it's like, there's actually 97 data points within that framework of things that, that, that I consider. And it's uh, like, like, those are things that I would just be like looking at and not really thinking about and just taking the trade. But when I sat down, it's like, there's actually 97 things here. Great. Let me develop a weighted average checklist for this to see like, well, how does this stock stack up against that stock? And I'll take the trade like just uh, with the higher score. Um, and so I see it as a way to uh, objectively view the world through your own set of beliefs. And it actually helps uh, to not be like, like get caught up in like the an emotional moment where just like, oh, I see this taking off, but how does it stack up in this tool? Well, actually, the, it, out of a 10, this is only a five. So, ah, maybe I really shouldn't. It doesn't fit my criteria as well as mm -hmm. I thought that it did. Right. So um, you're very religious about your routine, I guess. Sounds like it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess you could say that. Okay. I guess you could say that. Uh, like, uh, sorry, we kind of went into the weeds there a bit. No, but, that's awesome. Uh, I love the, the practicals. That's where the value comes in for everybody that's listening. And yeah. I think it's, uh, it, it shows the importance of just coming in prepared, not taking trading like just a hobby you do every now and then. But if you are serious about this, you just have to put in the time and the effort. So is there yeah. any discretion left in your trading? It seems that you are very, very technical and very process oriented is there any discretion left at all uh well i guess that depends on your definition of discretion what's your how would you define it uh let's say um you like a stock ticks all the boxes but then you look at the chart and something feels off or maybe there's uh, yeah so one of my criteria in the trade evaluator is gut feel and that's mm -hmm. the first thing that, that, that goes uh, there too. So, uh, so I factor it in, like it's not worth a, a lot of points, but it is uh, a part of it. So sometimes like I'll sit and it's the first thing uh, that I want to fill in because uh, when I first made this trade evaluator, the gut feel basically came from the chart. And so it was part of the A. So I would go through 
all the fundamentals and I would, it would be like the last thing in the technicals. I'm like, you know what? By the time I finally get to the gut feel that came from the chart, it's been skewed. So now I've moved gut feel to the top. So that way, uh, like if I see a setup and it gives me like that warm, fuzzy feeling, then then I'll give it like a, it's a five out of five. Great. Mm -hmm. It's only sort of the way there, like a four out of five. And then, uh, if it if anything is less than a three as far as gut feel goes, uh, then uh, I won't take it. But um, the yeah, like that's that's the first criteria. And the way that things get on my radar too. So I'll go through that universe list, and I want the chart to leap off the screen at me, right? Like mm-hmm. a, there's something right there, off. and then from those, I go back through and start to see. Well, does it fit minimum? Uh, criteria. And for me, minimum criteria to trade it is uh, reward to risk. Uh, is it at least a three to one reward to risk trade? And is it within the top 100 industry groups, if I'm bullish? Right? Like there's 197 uh, according to, to IBD, and I'm still using uh, MarketSmith to, mm-hmm. to help uh, assess that kind of stuff. So if it's outside the top 100, it gets cut. That's my my cutoff. If it's uh, under it, then it it gets to play. And then if it meets those two minimum criteria, then it gets to go through the trade evaluator. So that's like a little way for me to save time because if I were to take everything, then I'd be doing this for 30 stocks. If I (laughs) narrow it down, then I'm doing it for about uh, 10 or 15. Interesting. Is there something do you do in your routine to get into the right uh, mindset and space of mind in the, in the beginning of the day? Or do you just get going in the morning and you're ready? Uh, uh, my, my morning routine uh, starts at uh, 5 a.m. Have you read 5 a.m. Club? No, uh, but I'm, Moritz has read it. I'm, I haven't read it, to be honest, but I'm part of the 5 a.m. Club, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> at least I get up at that time. <laughs> it, it's a fantastic book. If you like uh, the monk who sold this Ferrari, you're, you're going to love the 5 a.m. club. Highly recommend it. And Isn't the it audio version is fantastic too. What was that? Isn't it by Robin Sharma as well? Yes. Oh, yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, so what's your routine? I would be really interested. Uh, yeah, so uh, so I'll wake up. Uh, I get up a little bit before uh, five, so that way I could start uh, like uh, my routine uh, at that time. And so Took a winning uh, 4.30. Uh, yeah, like about 4.30, 4.45, the, the alarm goes off and uh, my wife smacks me and then and she goes back to sleep. And, and no, she doesn't. She, she's fantastic. But um, it, yeah, then uh, so I'll get up uh, at five and start the routine. And uh, after, you know, brushing teeth or whatever, uh, the, then uh, I'll do a meditation. Right. And uh, how do you not fall asleep again? I tried that in the morning meditating and it doesn't work for me. Like I get so sleepy again. I always have to wait for an hour at least. Uh, Have you have you done any work or have read anything from Tony Robbins? Yeah, sure. Uh, Are you familiar with his priming routine? Uh, I couldn't recall it by heart. No. Uh, So no. It's worth checking out, and if you if you go onto Instagram onto his uh, thing, I actually have it saved there, so that way I could listen to the whole thing without there being any kind of ads popping up in the middle. And so uh, I first found out about it from 
attending his event, uh, Unleash the Power Within. And what he does, uh, like he gets like your body involved uh, into it as well. So uh, it's very difficult to fall asleep with his kind of meditation. Mm-hmm. So it starts out uh, like you're, you're basically like sitting just uh, up like this. So you have your eyes closed and then it's a set of breathing. So you uh, breathe in through your nose, out through your mouth while going like this. And you do that for 30 reps. Then like you just feel your body. Uh-huh. Um, it doesn't uh, feel like a classic in. meditation, but it, I can see yeah. how you don't fall asleep. <laughs> yeah, so he does that three times. And then from there, like there's a, uh, you're focusing on, on uh, gratitude, uh, like a, three things that you are, uh, can be uh, grateful for. It could be little things, big things. Uh, and then like he walks you through the process. But because of the the whole physical part of it like you're, you're not falling back asleep which is good uh, at 5 a.m oh, okay. <laughs> then, i will check that out thanks <laughs> yeah absolutely and then uh i also have uh my goals uh right now so uh, like i'll go through uh my goals for 10-year goals five year uh one year uh then uh six month three month uh one month and then weekly goals uh in uh in this binder here, uh, review that, uh, plan the, the day or like review uh, what I wanted to accomplish for the day. So, so I'm already focused uh, on goals. Then, uh, and that'll take about 20 minutes. So, so the meditation takes about 15, 20 minutes with Tony. Then uh, this uh, goal setting and uh, the day planning uh, process takes about 20 minutes as well. And then it, uh, the next 20 minutes I spend reading uh, and it could be anything uh, right now. I'm rereading uh, the definitive guide to position sizing by Van Tharp. Mm, nice. Uh, and then uh, after that, uh, I'll, I'll exercise. Uh, so it could be running. It could be going to uh, uh, an exercise class. A uh, gym just reopened. Uh, it could be uh, weight training. Yeah, but daily exercise. Mm-hmm. Uh, is important as well. Right. And then okay. uh, uh, that brings me to about 7 a.m. And then the family starts to wake up and I spend time with my wife and my daughter before she goes to school. And then we walk her to the bus stop and uh, off to school. Okay. And then you get back to the office and start your working day. Uh, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. But, and, and all the trades are already pre-planned from, uh, from the weekend. And uh, so the, the swing trades are pre-planned from the weekend. The day trades, uh, because I've gotten into day trading as well, uh, those are uh, based off of the higher time frames. So, for example, uh, we've been in this choppy environment uh, on, the, on the major indexes, and I've been uh, looking at the, the QQQs. And because we've been in this choppy, starting to roll over uh, environment, and uh, who knows if we'll uh, go into bounce or, or whatever, but the, the intraday environment, I've been looking for a bearish trade. So earlier today, before we, we hopped on the call, there were actually two uh, really solid uh, moves that generated, uh, you know, the four or five R um, in a few minutes. So mm-hmm. just setting, uh, identifying the trend, drawing the, the line, identifying the, the trade, and then just sitting and waiting. And um, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds so easy. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> Once you have done the hours of the work uh, on the weekend, um, where everybody's yeah. watching Netflix, you you do the sacrifice. Then, yeah, everything else becomes easier, I guess. Then. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it's just uh, like you know, uh, watching professional sports or, or something like that, right? Like, oh yeah, like it's so easy to hit a home run, or kick a field <laughs> goal, or uh, like uh, if you're into MMA, uh, like I am, uh, like while well, watching somebody uh, like do like a, a spitting kick and, and like knock somebody out, uh, like it's easy, <laughs> right? Like, <the laughs> but uh, yeah, it's easy after like how many years of dedicated practice? Right, exactly. that's true. Yeah, totally. Um, one thing I'm always curious, what is something that you learned from coaching traders? Is there anything that stands out? I can't say, just to give you an example, for me, what really stands out when we coach traders is the self-talk that traders um, show when we talk to them. And, and whether it's, even if it's only chatting via keyboard or chat room, you can really see how traders, some traders are very hard on themselves. They cannot see the progress they make. And they're always trying to put themselves down. This is something that really stood out for me as one thing. Is there anything that stands out yeah. uh, in your uh, experience? That, that's actually a great one. Yeah, uh, that uh, people putting themselves down, not uh, identifying the, uh, not uh, like it, it's like being uh, on a journey and forgetting that you've already walked like 10 miles. Exactly. Right? Yeah. And uh, uh, that's, well, why not? Like, uh, you know, a process where you're journaling each day, not, not just a, a trading journal, but uh, like keeping track of your goals and like your progress. Uh, and even something like super simple, uh, like uh, uh, like a, a challenge like this, like you could see like how far you've come. Uh, and yeah, like uh, keeping accountability to yourself isn't meant to just be a whip. Right, like uh, to whip yourself out, like oh, like I've got to do the no, like it's also meant to be like uh, I actually think David Goggins put it. No, well, are you familiar with him? Oh yeah, yeah. David Goggins. Uh, yeah, like uh, in in his book, uh, can't hurt me. A fantastic book. We recommend that one as well. Right. Uh, one of the things that he talks about is the cookie jar, and uh, when he would be on the these long runs, and he he's an ultra marathon like. 200 miles, like I can't even imagine like running 200 miles out, like 26 seems daunting uh, uh, for me in uh, about a month and a half, but 200, Jesus Christ. But anyway, yeah, like one of the things that he would do is like dig into to the cookie jar, the mental cookie jar, and remember when he was uh, succeeding at something else, right? Like whether it was another race, whether it was when he was training uh, to be a uh, a Navy SEAL or for being uh, an army ranger and, and remember those things. And that would help fuel him to, to keep going, to keep pushing. And that's an important part of the process too, because well, we need to take inventory, not just of the bad things, but also of the good things. And it's those good things of remembering how we overcame that can help motivate us to, to keep on going. Totally. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I see. Uh, I see that. Um, like I've been wondering because when I look at your Instagram, you are always incredibly powered up, and uh, you seem to have a lot of projects going on, and uh, you are always optimistic. So I'm wondering, where do you get all that energy? What is your mission in life? What do you want to achieve, or what what is your why? I guess. Right. Well, it, it it's interesting that that you mentioned. Uh, 
Um, something uh, earlier too, uh, with uh, so many things going on. Well, one of the things that uh, that I've had a problem with historically has been overreaching, right? Like, like trying to do too many things at, at once. <laughs> and uh, one of the things that, that I needed to to do more of it or get better at is, is focus. Um, what my mission is is in life for now, like at least with Mara, is to to help people achieve uh, whatever their goals are, well, whatever their, their trading goals are. And uh, like, I, I see wealth as a journey, but I don't see wealth as just money. Right? Like, uh, sure, my money is part of it, but it's also the health and well-being. It's uh, the mindset. It's, you know, like, well, well what are we doing here? Right? And uh, I think that trading can help uh, facilitate a lot of, the other things that we want to do, right? Like uh, having a bunch of paper where, with uh, dead presidents on them, like it isn't uh, the thing, right? Like it's well, what uh, the money enables you to do. And, and you know, like having uh, a house or a fancy car, like uh, those things are wonderful, but like, well, what, what about beyond that, right? Like, oh, how about like serving your community? Um, you know, like there's so many things that, that people want to do, like after they finally achieve the, the security, right, to think beyond that, like how are you going to benefit your, your family, your friends, uh, the people that, that you care about, mm-hmm. um, charities, uh, give it, giving back, you know, like it's those bigger aspirations too that mm-hmm. uh, the that I'm, that I'm working towards personally and trying to, to help other people with as well. Right. Nice. I think in trading this is especially important because there's no apparent value in the act of trading at first glance. So what I find is important that you derive uh, the importance of trading or at least you create some importance. And as you said, the money you can create with trading can enable you to do something else and give back or change things. So I think it's really important, especially young people, I think, struggle with that. They are only focused on the money and the shiny objects. But long term, I don't think it's, it's enough to help you push through all of those hard times. So having those visions and those goals and actually contributing and seeing the money you make have an impact around you is, I think, so important. And it's a really, really good advice, I think. Yeah. And also not only looking at the money, but also looking at how it changes you as a person. Because obviously, if you want to become a great trader, you have to become a much, much better person than what you do, what you are, who you are when you are starting out. So also seeing, seeing trading as that vehicle that makes you become a better person, which eventually, eventually will make the world a better place, also gives mm-hmm. me personally a lot of motivation too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. My money is a great tool. And it's one of the reasons why, like to go back to the earlier part of the conversation, that if you have uh, poor beliefs about money, like I did, that uh, people that have money are evil, uh, right? Like that kind of like, uh, it'll, it'll prevent you from performing well, uh, right? Like, oh, my account balance is going up. Uh, like, that you might not be thinking consciously that, oh, I'm turning into a bad person, but like, all of a sudden, like you have this drawdown just at that time. Well, why? Well, it could be tied to some subconscious belief from uh, early childhood that we haven't dealt with yet. Totally. Yeah. All right. We are almost coming at the end, but there are still two things that I want to ask you. One is um, 
you've been trading for 20 years. What is the one thing or maybe two things that you wish um, you had known earlier or done differently or something that really, looking back, you say, how could I have done this and why didn't I do this earlier? Yes, absolutely. So uh, having mentors and coaches, uh, uh, for one, uh, like uh, mindset is the, the other one, uh, of course, uh, like I, I would have loved to have done that earlier. But I think that having coaches and mentors goes uh, hand in hand with that. And the reason why I uh, stayed away from it was uh, not trusting people. Um, and uh, I think that part of that mistrust came from the poor money beliefs that like, oh, people that have money, like they just after your money, they got it by lying, cheating and stealing. So if I got a coach or a mentor for this trading thing, like they're just trying to take advantage of me, right? Like, like it's those kinds of thoughts that like, you know, uh, without being even being aware of them, uh, like can uh, keep us uh, stuck. So I think that having coaches and mentors uh, is important. Uh, like the, none of us need to reinvent the wheel, right? The wheel's already been invented. Uh, it was invented a long time ago, we, but we need to learn how to drive the car. Uh, and it's a lot easier to learn how to drive when you have somebody that has some experience that's helping you to learn how to drive than to just, you know, like grab the keys from your parents, jump in the car and like try to teach yourself. <laughs> it's uh, probably not a good idea. <laughs> no, don't do this at home. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's a good one. And uh, one thing that because I love to read and our audience loves to read, what is some books non-trading related that, still had a big impact on you and that you would like to to always refer back to are there some books that really stand out uh, yeah absolutely so the robin sharma books that we already mentioned the, the monk who sold the Ferrari and uh, the 5am club both of those are phenomenal um uh, i already mentioned the uh, the David Goggins book, The Can't Hurt Me. Uh, on top of that, uh, I would also highly recommend uh, Brendan Burchard's books. Uh, the one that, that I've read uh, multiple times and keep on coming back to is High Performance Habits. Uh, those are like, if you're able to install the high performance habits that he outlines, like that, that helps facilitate everything else. And so part of that like goes back to, to your health. Right and to, to generating energy, uh, I think that uh, Maritza, like you you mentioned about being energetic, like part of it comes from uh, installing high performance habits with uh, like not just like well, what you're eating, but to take breaks, right? Like so, one of one of the things that I'm working on mm -hmm. now of in reinstalling is taking uh, breaks every hour. Uh, for for about ten minutes before I transition to the next hour, if it's and it's in between activities as well, right? So that way I'm able to bring my full self into whatever the next thing is and to refocus on whatever my A game is for that thing, whether it's for trading, whether it's for developing a course, whether it's for talking to the, some great people like yourselves, uh, you know, like just bringing that and uh, being able to remain present And I think that uh, one of the things that Robin Sharma talks about too is um, uh, focusing uh, or a problem that many people have uh, that, that robs them of their happiness is uh, either focusing too much on the future or, or on the past and not being uh, in the present. Uh, 
those yeah, things are meant to serve us. That's a recurring us. theme. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the, the the present, uh, the the future is meant to serve us. Like having the goals is meant to serve us. Having the past, looking back, is uh, meant to serve us as well. But we're not meant to live there. We're meant to live right here in the present. And if we're focused more on the present, then that's where all the happiness is. Mm-hmm. Right. Totally. Yeah. 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 It, it's quite cool that you said um, about the um, staying active and taking breaks. I just uh, read the uh, Steenbarger's book uh, for the second time, Radical Renewal, where he said that what he saw in highly active people or highly productive people, they all had the same habit of um, scheduling their day in such a way that you have high performance habits that don't interfere with each other, scheduled next to each other. So first you do really brain work for example you do your watch list then you go into the gym and then you do meditation after that then you go back to a mental activity and then in the evening you do social activities that where you basically you never burn out you're always mentally stimulated or physically stimulated and you can be highly highly productive so that's uh such an amazing concept and so simple at the same time but if you really implement it it's really good Yeah, that that's fantastic. Uh, you know that uh, that's an insight that um, yeah, like I didn't have that one before, and I don't remember that one being mentioned in uh, uh, Brendan's book either. So that that that's awesome. Thank you, thank you for that. <laughs> Arrive with an empty cup, and you'll be able to to have it filled by lots of great things. Yes. Yeah, yeah, being open is really, really important uh, in general, yeah. And it's, it's interesting how all of those self-help and spiritual books, they all or most of them come back to just being present. And it sounds, mm. it's such a simple message, but it's so hard, especially when we have phones and all of that stuff. Um, it's, it's really like a superpower if you can develop it. And it's going to change your life in so many areas. People appreciate it if you are present with them when you talk to them. And in trading, it will obviously result in better trades and all of that thing. So yeah, one of, a, one of those superpowers that <laughs> it's worth <Absolutely>. cultivating. <laughs> <laughs> right. So thank you so much, Michael. This has been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for yep. taking the time to talk to us. Um, again, in October, uh, November, make sure to check out the workbook. I will link to everything that we mentioned in this episode. Maybe you can let our audience know where they can connect with you and find you. Uh, yeah, the best spot is to just go to marrowwealth.com. Uh, all of my social information is on there. They could just click links on, on the website and follow me. Uh, I'm all over the place on Twitter, Instagram, uh, Facebook, uh, Stock Twits. Um, so yeah, the, like that. That's the place. Best place to to find me, reach me, uh, learn about the blogs, all that kind of stuff. Awesome. Right. Perfect. And all the links will be in the description below. Um, Again, thank you so much. And maybe for round two one day. Hopefully. Yeah, absolutely. Bye-bye, everyone. Thank you, guys. Your pleasure. Take care.